welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp. Hi, Joan. How are you? I am good. I am good. I could not sleep last night. I was, my brain was buzzing and I didn't sleep until nearly 1 a.m. Um, but I think that's just, it's just what happens in boot camp. There's so much to think about. <laughs> what happens in boot camp. And today we're joined by Kath Vincent from Long White Cloud Accounting. Hi, Kath. How are you? Hi there. I'm good, thanks. Last night I slept well and then when my son woke me up early morning I, at 5.30 I went back to sleep till 7.30. Did you? So, yep, I'm, you know I'm all rested. I did that thing, you know Nikki Gundy said yesterday morning about like how we can tell our subconscious what time to wake ourselves up. I went yes. to bed and I was like right I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just sort of said to myself I'd really like to wake up at five o'clock in the morning because uh, I was like yeah if I can get up I got my sports things ready so like go downstairs anyway my son walked in at quarter past five I wasn't awake and he just trotted in and I just got him into bed so some other people in the community said they tried it and it worked so I uh, don't know I think maybe a bit of practice yeah it's worked for me for years I've always been able to do that it's like my brain keeps the time when I'm asleep and it's spot on. It's amazing. Oh, wow. you're yeah. so special. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to talk to you, Kath, because you are one of the people who shows up everything we do. When like if you've if you've been part of boot camp this week, you will have seen Kath on every single session, commenting away. If we do a session with our community, Kath is there. Like I always know you're gonna be there. And I love that. Like, you've really just gone, like, I'm just getting involved. I'm being part of this. I'm going to be here for everything. And we love it. And thank you so much because it's so nice. I feel like we get to know the people who come along all the time. And I feel like we know you well. But today we're going to talk about your business because uh, I think you've been on a really great, exciting journey over the last year or two, I guess. Um, um, one year. Just a year. Yep. One year. One year last month. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Right. Well. Do you want to start by telling us about a little bit about your business and your background before you started the business? Yeah, so um, before the business, I was basically an accountant, never quite um, got to chartered or certified level, nearly there a couple of times with uh, in New Zealand and with ACCA, but was always AAT qualified accountant. And um, I was working, my background is mainly in management accounts. So um, then I had children and I went back to work part-time in school hours. I got a job at a CA firm, local one in school hours. I uh, did not like that. Didn't even last a year. And then I went out and got a, um, a part-time job in school hours again, really flexible. And then another friend asked me to help her in her business and I got another part-time job. And then, yeah, and then eventually I came around to thinking, I want a third part-time job and I found you guys. And then I realised that I could set, set up on my own instead of being employed. So, yeah. And then that was about a year ago. Wow. So, so okay. Tell us about what was, so you was working in this part-time job. I mean, what was the real driver that made you think, other than just listening to us all the time, but <laughs> what was the main drive where you thought, I want my own business. I don't want to be working for someone else. Um, well, I didn't actually realise I could ever do that. I thought I had to be a chartered accountant, so I didn't know it was a possibility. And when I realised it was, I think maybe it was in the back of my head anyway for a few years um, wanting to do that because, um, you know, I like flexibility. I've got quite young kids and I like to be able to put out the washing 
you know, be at home and put out the washing if it's sunny. I'm a big washing fan. And um, I just, you know, I, I have I have my own hospital appointments. I have kids' appointments. I have school runs. I mean, I have school holidays. So I always, since having kids, that's the number one thing is flexibility for me. So if I'm running my own business, I get to say what hours I work and that's it really. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, and, you know, you, you join us sometimes on our accountability calls on a Friday morning. And you'll be like, I'm in the garden. I've just put my washing out. I love, yeah. I love like it's real life like we've all got the washing machine going I'm sure it's yeah. like it's what you kind of got to do to keep a house going and um it's just modern life yeah love it so how many um how many clients have you got at the moment Kath how have you and how have you built those clients up um I have got two clients still and I've nearly jumped to three um I have had lots of inquiries and um kind of discovery calls and I have proposed to people a few times but I'm being really picky about who I'm taking because I'm um, sticking to my niche quite a lot. So those two existing clients are actually my two old part-time jobs still. And what I've done is I've taken them because they were they weren't they weren't many many hours I was getting paid for, and I've um, expanded my services for them. So now I'm giving them everything that I can offer, and yeah, their fees have gone up and up and up and up every time I do a review. So um, that's been enough for a while. And now I'm kind of ready for that third client because my clients tend to be quite big. I do quite a lot for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be a bit nosy here. Yeah. Um, but I know you won't mind. So the yeah. clients, the t so you had one part-time job, then another part-time job. And now you're doing both of those part-time jobs in your business around the washing and the children. Are you... Like, are you earning the same amount of money that you would have from one of those jobs? Oh, no. no. No, no, no. So I think I was being paid 20, 25 pounds an hour employed. And when I set up my business, I thought, okay, I'll charge them 25 pounds an hour. But um, thank goodness I discovered Go Proposal. And um, some other members, actually Penny Allard of Wild Bookkeeping, she put me on the straight and narrow straight away. I said, I can't afford the fee. I've only got two clients. And she said, you know, uh, well, if you don't get get Go Proposal and get more clients and get it, then I'll just take them, you know. Other people would just take them and it's completely worth it. And I, so I took the leap. And what I've done is every three months I review those people and every three months because they're expanding businesses. They're really successful. They've got ambitious owners. Every three months they grow. So my fees grow with them and um and now I I think actually I've just done another one so before my average average monthly fee was over 1500 and that's that's quite a lot more than that and um and actually on my booking form that my VA's done um I've put that my are you aware my minimum monthly fee is 500 pounds so I don't, I don't want to waste time with people who think I'm going to charge them £100 a month, you know. So, yeah, it's going good on the fee, fee side. And these two clients are enough because I do a lot for them. I'm into management information and everything now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I love it. And so I'm guessing your clients are quite receptive to that. So you've, you've done, I think, being able to go out there and say, hey, this is what I can do for you if you will let me 
work at that level um you've you've been great at being able to do that and maybe some other bookkeepers in the community might not have the confidence to do that so what advice would you have to people who are thinking or just don't know how to have that kind of conversation with the client well um it depends who your clients are if they are looking to sell in the future say or if they are looking to grow or get funding or anything then they need proper management accounts um and actually I, I no longer work with clients who don't, who aren't going to go that distance and get the management information because you can do the bookkeeping, but um, you won't, you know, you'll probably look at your bank account balance and just look at the cash and you won't be aware of what your tax liabilities are or you won't know actually how much each, say you've got four main products, what's the um, profitability on each of those and and is product A bringing 50% of your income and you should be focusing on that. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't believe in letting business owners go now without, you know, having that information and that clear, you know, clear information coming back off all these figures we put all our time into. You may as well use them, you know, use the data. So, yeah, so you really seem to have got kind of a niche around your services. Are the, are the companies in the same industry or is it a case that you are, it's like, I want to serve this kind of size of client that requires this kind of information that is growing and doing this. Is that more your niche or is it industry as well? Um, I'm not focused on industry quite yet, but I can see I might go into that. So at the moment, yes, it's um, ambitious and established limited companies who are VAT registered, you know, and it's not just that they're turning over the 85K, it's it's that they're about, half, you know, half a million already. So, yeah, I'm really targeting half a million to four million turnover kind of thing. Yeah. Have you thought about where those clients are? So when you, like, for future marketing, what's the plan to reach more people like that? Well, I live in quite a good area for that. So I'm um, down in Greater London and Sutton. So there's lots of businesses around. Um, and I do want to have the local focus because I do like to pop in and talk them through their reports. And they really appreciate that um, because they, you know, they're not used to that really all the time. So I really focus on high touch points and... Um, Lately, actually, I've been giving the local schools gift, gift vouchers. So I can't, um, you know, when they have a summer raffle or a fair, I can't say I'll give you, I'll donate some of my services or my time because I'm not going to set up a letter of engagement and all that. So I say, do you want a £50 M&S voucher? You know, that's quite generic. Everybody likes a bit of M&S. So I, I donate that and then they put me on their social media and say, thanks so much to Long White Cloud Accounting and talk to Kath if you run a company and you've got bookkeeping headaches and things. So that gets me in the local area and the the reach on those school fairs and things is huge because the schools around here are quite quite big. You know, they have three classes per year and things like that. So I think that will work well. And I've been to local networking events, which is where I get, I've got a few leads and things. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't think I'll really have a problem because I know so many people around here and they know so many people around here as well. And there'll be somebody. And I'm not desperate for clients, you know. I'm quite happy. Mm. But one day 
somebody will say say my name kind of thing and have me in mind and that's 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 what I'm after really yeah you're the right person will find you um, so you've got these two clients you're charging really well are they taking up like what is your what does your working week look like someone just said how long does it take you to like work on these clients are is it a bit does it is there ebbs and flows in your workflow um do you manage are you working five days a week or not or is it just school hours what what's it look like for you um it's it's very random I just work when I feel like it and when I want to and initially I started off doing all the work myself but um, I quickly realised that that wasn't really going to, you know, help me in the long term. And actually, that's not what I—that's not what I want to be doing. I quite like getting out there and meeting new people, and I think I—I I think I enjoy selling and educating people on the benefits. So I don't sit there and, and track my hours, and I don't have set hours. I mean, my week is so random. I've got school activities. I've got other commitments. I can, and that way I can join you guys whenever you have a um, success lounge event and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, there is quite a lot of work going in, but I do have three subcontractors working for me at the moment and they do a lot of the day-to-day -day work, um, but it's very new. So I oversee quite a lot at the moment, but I'm really glad I've made a start on that kind of um, kind of format. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited because um, because what you're doing is you're getting the business ready for it to grow without you being the doer of everything. So, you know, when you said about having this sort of average client fee of £1,500, let's say, and you've, if you've got two clients paying those, you know, each of if you were charging that £25 an hour, that seems to be this golden number that everyone's working, talking about. And actually, Joe and I are talking um, at nine o'clock tonight. We're doing a session about pricing in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club. So, come along to that because we'll be talking about our pricing survey that we ran in May and then we'll we'll challenge whether £25 is the real number but anyway if you were charging £25 an hour to be able to charge £1,500 you'd have to be doing 60 hours of work every month so if you're doing 60 hours times two that's 120 hours that's 30 hours a week sat, sat at your desk working for your client you're clearly not doing that no. like Clearly showing what the value is, like what you can do when you bring other people in um, to be earning what you need to earn. So it, it's really interesting to set your business up like that to give you the lifestyle that you want, decent amount of earnings and being able to yeah, bring the team in so you can find those clients without the pressure, bring them in when they're ready and they're the right people. And then that helps you just overseeing a bit more work. So, yeah, that, that's so important to me for to wait for the right client, because you know, I've I've heard stories and I know of others who have proper problems, you know, by rushing and, and thinking, oh, my gosh, I better just take anybody. And also, you know, um, yeah, not having a choice, really. And at, in the beginning, if I was earning, if I was charging £25 an hour, and in the beginning, I did not have HubDoc or Dext or anything. And I was actually keying in the invoice number and amount and code. So that would take me a lot of hours, wouldn't it? So I will be charging £25 times 20 hours a week to do purchase invoice entering. And then I moved to HubDoc, which wasn't so good. And now I'm on Dext, which is amazing. And, you know, they automatically go into Dext or you just forward the email. You get the client to forward the email into Dext, so they're there for you, right? And then you can have a 
bookkeeper doing that. I don't need to do it to put in, make sure the amounts are correct, the codes are correct, and make sure the VAT is correct, and then publish it to zero. So you go from spending 10 hours a week at £25 an hour um, processing purchase invoices to somebody doing it for a lower rate, maybe. Um, I don't know how many hours would that be? Three or four, maybe? So it would be ridiculous to lose out on all that money, wouldn't it? Just because now you're charging your client four hours a week because you have, you're using the right software and you've changed your processes and you've become so much more efficient. It just is not funny. I mean, and that was only a year ago. So I'm quite, I'm quite proud of that. I, I have changed a lot of things over the past year and, and I've learned a lot from you guys. So yeah, oh. I'm happy about that. This is music to our ears, Kath, absolutely. So what what is the goal maybe for, I mean, you've achieved so much in a year. I just love, I mean, you're so typical, like, New Zealander. I mean, you just sound so chilled. Like, there's, it's like you're so I mean, funny. You're, you're just like, yeah, that's just how it is. That's how it is. And I'm waiting for the nice next client to come. They'll come. You're just like zen, aren't you? So, but what is, I know you do have goals. So what what are the goals? I mean, is it a case that this is working now with the children of the age that they are and then maybe there'll be something else when, when they, you know, they only need you for taxi rides like mine at the moment? Or is it a case that you've got a plan for this year and you've got another goal or, you know, talk us through it. Um, I, don't, I don't have a list of goals. I do have a vision board behind me um I have I've written notes so far next is about getting the pictures because I'm a visual person person if I have the pictures it will make much more sense to me so you know it's about only working school hours and I've got a big thing on the whiteboard say so it says systemize to systemize to scale so I need to systemize if I need to systemize the heck out of everything because I'm a I'm a software tech person I love systems and software and that will allow me to scale so you know I shouldn't really be working in the business very much at all and if that will take one year or five years then that's okay because I'm in this business for the long term I don't uh I don't have any hard deadlines you know yeah how's um so in terms of bringing your subcontractors in that you're working with at the moment so you said you've got three subcontractors do they do different parts of the work or do they are they sort of interchangeable based on their availability um they do different parts so um va or um admin things like social media and blogs and website and or anything admin and then um an accountant who does lots of excel work for me because she's really good at excel and, man and focusing on management accounting, so pulling together reports, making them look good and updating them. And then my, my most recent one is more of a bookkeeper level. So um, I'm starting, I started her on Dex processing and then we'll move her on to bank recs. I'm, I'm taking Joe's kind of example. So start them, make sure the purchase invoicing is good and then um, bump them up a level to the bank recs. And then, you know, depending on how they go, I don't have any, I'm not structured in that way. I'll, I'll go with the person and their strengths and I'll go at their speed so that it gives me the best result and they're happy as well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a flexible, adaptable person. I think that really makes a difference. 
Yeah. yeah. And you've obviously had to systemize parts of the business already to be able to hand that over. So how did you find, so when you were in this sort of, I guess, sorry, ugh, lots of thoughts in my head. Um, you know, when you, when you were saying about how you used to key in all of the data and then you moved over eventually to Dex, which would have given you a lot of time back. Did you then at that point decide to systemize it or was it when you were bringing that person in, you were like, right, I really need to have a process right now so that this person knows exactly what to do. And did you write that process ahead of them coming in or did you work on it while you were onboarding them? I'm just wondering how you manage that around doing the work. Cause I think sometimes that's a real pinch point for people. They're like, I'm so busy and I need someone, but I haven't got the systems and I also haven't got time to write the systems and I don't know what to do. So I just wonder how you manage. You probably were much more Zen about it than I just demonstrated. <laughs> yeah. I had, I had that exact conversation with somebody last week that you've just said, it's like, how am I ever going to stop and have the time to set up the systems? And I said, well, you know, you just squeeze it in and you just move some things around because spending three or four hours now is going to be like astronomical for the future like you'll never move if you don't actually you'll never move forward to outsourcing and delegating things if you don't stop and systemize something so I think one day I just had enough and I and you know these people somebody wanted to work with me so they approached me and I did and I was thinking about getting somebody so that was probably the catalyst to say right, this person, I know them, I know they're really good, I know they're well qualified, you know, they're a nice person, they're great, I do want them to work with me, now is the time where I have to stop and push other things aside that aren't urgent, that don't have deadlines, that aren't really important, which, are, which is basically everything for me, and, um, and sit down and write some post-it notes, I have post-it notes everywhere, and then it's a rainbow, it's crazy, and say, right, write some notes about what is the number one most simple thing for this one client. So start with one client. What is, what's their biggest supplier and are they all treated the same? Well, yes, they are. So do one Loom video for less than five minutes on that. And that is the one task that you start off with. And then once you get started, well, for me anyway, it just started flowing and I'm like, yes, this is what I've wanted to do for like six months and this is it and let's go, you know, and I just keep pushing ahead. And, and it's working well, actually, yeah. I, I think it's, systems is one of those things that the thought of it is just petrifying and fills us with procrastination. But actually, like you said then, if you just give yourself five-minute videos at a time, it's really liberating. I actually really enjoy them when I do it. And another thing, like something that I've learned over time, is to get, when you've got a system systemized video when you've got one of your members of staff that's really got the hang of it get them to do a new version of that video because they will add something that they will add everything that you've put in there but where they're at a different stage and not the business owner they will think of other things to put in there and we've definitely noticed that with Daniel being you know when he starts with us being at 18 not knowing and he says sometimes you say that but I don't get what that means and then he says it in another way and I'm like oh that makes so much sense like simplifying it so he can then help us build systems for the future and just as a top tip as well what we've done is um the decks thing to the bank rec is really good the next step we found works really well is wages journals oh, just yeah. yeah wages journals is the next one once they've got the bank rec and then after that accruals and prepayments Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah. yeah, I've got the 19-year-old is doing all of that now. 
so yeah it's, that's really it's, good because that's the bulk of the work isn't it I yeah. mean that's that's where you want to get to absolutely and it just seems to work well when you introduce once they've got the bank reconciliation they're keeping on top of all of that introducing that wages journals on a monthly basis is just like it releases so much time and energy and so much easier to do your month end checks and things once the journals are done um so yeah that's be my next because i haven't really spoken about what he's done afterwards he, he does extra stuff now so it's um yeah as you've already got those people on those things so are you looking at um because obviously having three people is going to eat into your profit margins and um but and do they have because they're subcontractors do they have capacity to take on more for you and this is the thing isn't it the difference between subcontractors and employees and things like that you know the ben i mean the thing is you can have a conversation i suppose if a, if a job come in you could speak to your subcontractors and have the conversation see if they had the availability uh, but because you've split it over three i think you kind of you've got like a really good basis like I, I started I had the one and I did feel at the time that that person felt that they could make or break my business that's mm. how I felt it because I was like I wasn't doing the bookkeeping they were um so I much prefer having a bigger team because it kind of you know segregate seg segregation segregation I could not say that word segregation of duties it means that not one person's got that full control because I think that's something really important as a business owner not that you're trying to keep all the control I definitely don't want to get involved but I also want I don't want one person to be poorly or something and the whole thing fall apart so I like the idea that you've got three did you do that consciously um no it's just the different skills they had and actually, at the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, you know, like, I know that they're good people and their skills are in demand. And when they have their own, you know, because they've got their own practice, they're going to get their own clients and get too busy. So I make a point of keeping in touch with them about their future plans and their capacity so that I have as much lead time as I need. If they say to me, I can't do any more, I can't do any more hours or actually, I'm not doing subcontracting anymore because I've got my own clients and they're going to take up all my time. And of course, for them, they should have their own clients and work directly with them because that's the point they're trying to get to, you know. And subcontracting might be a stepping stone to learning more, to increase confidence, to, I don't know, to get cash in in the short term. But it's not, I don't think it's the... Um, yeah, I'm not sure it would last for five years, though. So, yeah, but then I have I keep thinking about employing somebody, but uh, I might visit that in another year, I think. That's fair enough. Do you think, like, could it work by having a, a few different subcontractors that you can use interchangeably? Uh, and, and I suppose that's going to come down to have getting to that point where you have documented everything um, process-wise. And also the other thought I've got is, does that mean that for when you're looking for your future clients and deciding whether someone is the right client, that you need to look at people who are using or happy to use the same system so you can have a more generic process? Would that work for you as you grow your business? Well, um, yeah, they definitely need to use Dext and Zero, And those are the two main ones, aren't they? And then at the moment, we're just using Excel for management accounts. But, um, yeah, definitely, that, that's how I niche as well. 
I mean, uh, there's no two ways about it. They have to pay for the, you know, I recharge the Dext, what's it called, Dext Prepare subscription. So they pay me for that and they have to be set up on their own zero because, you know, they've been running for years. So either I change them over at the first day of the new financial year and convert them and everything. Otherwise, they're already on zero. And what else is there? I think that's it that they use, zero indexed from the client's point of view. And that's what my subcontractors use mainly. So, oh, yeah, that's already set out. I mean, I wouldn't bother and waste my time trying to do another system. Yeah. I love I love the fact that, I mean, we do talk about niching a lot and we talk, talk about ideal client a lot. And you really have got that, but without the industry. And I think it's just so important to get that across that, yes, industry can be an important factor, but it's not the be all and end all when we're talking about ideal client and niching. It is so obvious that you have a certain type of ideal client and a niche, but it's nothing to do with industry. So I just, I think that's just really exciting. I, I mean, I also think it's exciting if you want to serve an industry, that's absolutely fine, but there are so many ways. I love that like one of your niches is like, they have to pay me a lot of money. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> That is just one of the non-negotiables. I'm just, you're just so cool. Um, so, what? Um, so, I've got a question here. What do you feel is unique about your business, and how do you portray your expertise, like when you speak to new potential clients, or when you're doing that advertising, or you know, how how you? I mean, obviously, you've worked with these ones in the past, but how are you going to get that across? What's what's different about your business? Yeah, well, I think it. I try to get it across on social media and on my website and things. I think I say things like, I've been an accountant for over 20 years and um, I'm really into systems and I'm certified and qualified with these people. And um, I just, when I start talking to people, so I do talk to people quite a lot. I must have had quite a few leads and prospects, but because I'm so nitty, nitty, uh, you know, picky, I, you know, do them off so I say things like um you know I work in this way and I want to really bring you the value that you're looking for I mean at the end of the day yeah I'm I'm really expensive but that they get to the point where they're saying I don't care how much it costs you know when can you start working for me and tidying this up and meeting with me so I I concentrate on I'm going to be really like high touch I'll have a lot of touch points with you I'm going to be in your business every week, you know, and I really want to have this company um, as me or anybody, but mainly me going in every month and sitting down with them and sitting in their business because I've, I've been sitting in lots of people's businesses and going through this and you learn so much from sitting there and seeing what happens and meeting the staff and, and listening and getting the feel and the vibe. And um, the, yeah, the majority of people I'm working with now and our prospects are in the local community, like a local village, and there's a high street and they're well-known, like established businesses that have got a good reputation. So, yeah, I want to help them because I wouldn't otherwise, you know. There's a few that don't and things, so I don't go near them. But, um, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> oh no! I think you answered it. It was about what's your like unique 
you know what's unique about your business and everything and it's you I mean and that yeah. does tend to be the fact with lots of the practices is that you bring something different than it I mean you know you're from New Zealand as well that is pretty epic you know you've got a different outlook on things compared, yeah. you know you do you just when listening to you it's everyone all of the bookkeepers that we listened to this week you know, you might think that they run a bookkeeping practice, but you don't, you run such different practices with such different views and the purpose of setting up was so different and the clients you want to serve are so different. So mm, it's just yeah. really nice. I, mean, I could just talk about that question for another hour, but two, two more points in summary. Like I don't say I'm going to reconcile your bank and things. I say I'm going to make it so that you don't have to worry about your VAT return getting in on time. And I'm going to meet with you every month to let you know what's happening and any problems and give you an accounts payable list because so many people don't worry about that. They just reconcile the bank without looking at the um, current accounts payable. They just leave it and things double up and statements go in and they just leave it. And, um, yeah, I was talking to my builder this morning and he's not happy and I had to say to him, I do not do CIS. And he's like, why don't you do CIS? And he asked me four times in four different ways whether I would do CIS just for him. So, um, yeah, because he's not happy. He can't get through to his accountant, you know, and his bookkeeper never rings him back. So I pride myself on being right there with them. I say, I want to be your trusted business partner. I don't know how that sounds, but it's worked for me lately. And um, I'm right there with them in their business. And I and I listen to the crap, you know, on the phone and all their worries and all their problems about getting staff. And yeah, anyway, I think they appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, here's a question. You know, you said you're really picky. What do you do when you're having a call with somebody and you're like, they are not for me? How do you basically say no? Uh, oh, I'm quite easily. Probably the first time I felt a little bit uncomfortable. But then I'm like, um, well, so people will come through on the form, Calendly form, and they'll say, yes, I know you charge at least £500. I am a limited company. I am VAT registered. But one of them came through and I talked to her. And it turns out, well, they were a registered charity who were a limited company. And, I'm, and I say, oh, okay, thanks for that information. So just to stop you there, I don't actually deal with, with charities. I don't, I don't deal with them. I don't know anything about them. Um, so I'm going to get you somebody who does deal with charities and refer you on. And she was like, at the end of the call, when I'd said good luck and everything, she's like, oh, thank you so much for being up, up front because I don't want to waste any more of your time, you know, and I, I need to get somebody quickly. And she was so appreciative that I just, you know, stopped it there. And it's really easy to say no because if they turn over as only 300,000 or 200,000, then they're not going to be willing to pay me what I'm going to charge them and things. So I'm just straight up. I mean, I don't want to waste my time, you know. I've got, I've got other stuff to do. <laughs> You've got washing to put on. That's what you yeah. do. Oh, I um, love having the sheets and the towels all done. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah. So, okay, before we wrap up, I just want to ask a question about you know, because you're a year into your practice, what advice or top tips would you give to somebody that was about to start a practice themselves? Um, yeah, what, what would you say is like a golden nugget for them? Um, well, I think it, I think one of my first pieces of software was GoProposal and that had the 
pricing and the letter of engagement because I paid for oversuite. So I was stressing out about getting this letter of engagement, trying to use the professional body templates and getting nowhere. But what really helped me was the startup program because being an in industry, for, I think it was, I don't know, say 20 years in industry and not really knowing anything about practice and definitely not knowing about, I don't know, what all the registrations you needed. That was like, I just, I thought I was in heaven with all the information. I just absorbed it as quick as I could and then I went over it and then I went over it again and I've still got the notes um, because I didn't want to commit to the success program because I knew what that was and it was too expensive for me or so I thought. So I did the startup program first and um, without that, I would have been still here, you know, stressing about of not charging, I don't know, only a small percentage of what I charge and not offering all the services I do and no, nowhere near. I'd probably be sitting there processing invoices still, you know. So, I was just going to ask, so what made you decide, because so you did the startup program, which comes, you can buy, that comes as a bundle with the success program. Uh, which we will talk about later. But what made you decide that you could afford it then? I'm just intrigued by what happened in your mindset. Uh, well, I just got so addicted to you guys and all the learning and all the teachings. And I just was like, oh, my God, I need more of this because this is exactly my thing. Because, you know, I've done lots of study and stuff and degrees and everything, but I haven't had the practical business development knowledge for starting up my own business you know that's what was missing and starting up my own bookkeeping business you know and, I, and then I heard people talking about the success lounge and everything so then I don't think I even thought about the money you know I just thought whatever it costs I'm in there and uh, I'm still in there because you know after the six months you pay to stay in there and I'll be in there forever you know so <laughs> I just love it I mean, yeah, it, there's just nothing like it on earth and uh, it's actually life-changing, not just for the business. I'm like, the confidence levels, I was, okay, I was pretty confident, but um, now I'm super confident, yeah, everything. Oh, thanks, Kath. I think Joe and I are both going to start crying in a minute. Um, thank you. Like Joe said, we will be talking about the six month success program later on this evening. So if you join us at eight o'clock, we'll be able to tell you about some actually we'll have some special offers. So come and join us tonight and we'll tell you all about that. Um, also, Kath mentioned Go Proposal, who have been sponsoring Bookkeepers Bootcamp this week. And um, we have got an amazing discount on Go Proposal software. So if you're new, you can get 30 days for free and then you can get two discounted months after that 50% off isn't it for the next two months after that so there's a link on the screen or if you're listening to this um, if you go to bit.ly slash 6fbgp in capital letters we'll put it in the show notes as well then you can go and have a look at that um Kath thank you so much for today do you know what there was this great comment that came up from Tina and I'm just going to put it on the screen Tina says Kath you are business and boss goals oh. and I think she's just like summed up everything <laughs> in this conversation thank you so much oh thanks and um, how can um, people connect with you and find out more about you Kath um Instagram and Facebook is LWC Accounting, so look for that. And then LinkedIn is Catherine Vincent. So yeah, you're gonna have lots of new connections uh, on. I'll try. And, I was gonna try and share it on the screen. L Y L W C for Long White Cloud Accounting. Yeah, that's uh, a bit long, but yeah. 
Always looking for new connections. Bring them on. Thanks. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you so much, Kath. And later on, we are back at 8pm for a mammoth session. Bring, I think Zoe said, bring along your takeaway. Bring along your drink. Maybe a thermos flask of tea. Um, but come along. So 8pm, we're starting to, to give you the final part of our RISE framework. You're going to find out what E is in the RISE framework. And we're going to be teaching you that. We're going to also be telling you all about what is in our success lounge membership and the six month success program. And then at 9 PM, we have a bonus pricing workshop where we're going to be telling you more about what we found out when we did our pricing survey um, and just give you some nuggets from that survey and um, yeah, get your mindset right around pricing. So really looking forward to seeing you all later. Thank you so much, Kath. That was brilliant. Thank you so much. See you all later. Thanks. Bye.